Alberta Premier Danielle Smith has announced a series of policies to tackle the issues of parental rights and gender ideology in schools. Rental vacancy has plummeted to 1.5% in 2023, according to the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. An Ontario doctor who opposed the COVID-19 mass vaccination campaign has seen misconduct charges dropped by the College of Physicians and Surgeons. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, February 1st, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. In a long-awaited announcement on Wednesday, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith unveiled a comprehensive set of policies addressing gender ideology and parental rights. The Premier emphasized her commitment to preserving children's rights to navigate their growth and make impactful decisions about their lives in a video posted to her ex-account. However, she also voiced apprehensions about irreversible decisions related to biological sex for youth and underscored the potential risks. One of the focal points of Premier Smith's address was the stance on gender reassignment treatments for minors. Notably, top and bottom gender reassignment surgery will not be permitted for children aged 17 and under in Alberta. Moreover, the use of puberty blockers and hormone therapies for gender reassignment or affirmation will be strictly prohibited for minors age 15 and under, with exceptions granted to those already undergoing treatment. For minors age 16 and 17, the Premier outlined a nuanced approach. They will be allowed to commence therapies for gender reassignment, provided there is explicit approval from parents, physicians, and psychologists. The caveat is that the minor must be deemed mature enough to make such decisions. Premier Smith's announcement delved further into the realm of education. Parental notification and an opt-in requirement are now mandated for each instance of formal instruction on gender identity, sexual orientation, or human sexuality. Additionally, third-party resource materials or presentations related to these subjects in K-12 Schools must undergo pre-approval by the Ministry of Education for age appropriateness. So Noah, we've already seen a lot of backlash to Smith's uh, policy, but there's also a lot of support. I think people were surprised to see how comprehensive uh, this slate of policies really was because she doesn't only uh, address one issue and and the one issue that most provinces addressed to date was the use of pronouns in schools she actually went and addressed uh you know surgeries for minors i think a lot of people who were wanting to see a political leader tackle uh, these things were quite satisfied in the comprehensive list of policies that she just put out. But just to speak more on the backlash, we've already seen a former Calgary mayor, Nahid Nenshi. We've seen some uh, liberal MPs come out against this policy, you know, accuse her of all sorts of things. Do you think this is going to escalate to uh, something more or will it just remain, uh, you know, online people uh, blasting Smith? 
I think it does have the potential to escalate to something more. I mean, Premier Smith, she unveiled a very ambitious parental rights policy, which I think we should all congratulate her for doing. It takes a lot of courage to do that in a time in which uh, you could be called a bigot, you know, transphobe, homophobe, uh, those sorts of things, uh, and, and, you know, could be a real hit to your reputation. So take some real courage that Premier Smith does that, and I applaud her for doing that. But because uh, the we're in a situation uh, right now in 2024 where the left, uh, specifically the tr- uh, transgender community, they have a decent amount of power in our society. There is going to be uh, backlash. You're probably going to see backlash from uh, unions. You're probably going to see backlash from activists, perhaps even some teachers themselves who are completely bought into the gender ideology nonsense. That's probably where you're going to see some backlash, perhaps maybe even some protests at the uh, legislature uh, in Alberta. However, Alberta is a very conservative province, relatively speaking, and I don't believe that a majority of Albertans look at this policy decision and go, this is a bad idea. I think most Albertans see what Premier Smith is doing, understand what she's doing, and is probably happy that Premier Smith is doing what she's doing. Even probably some uh, people who voted in the, for the NDP in the past election aren't really fully committed to the whole uh, gender ideology. Canada's vacancy rate dropped to the lowest level on record last year at 1.5%, according to a new report from the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, while the country also simultaneously saw a new national high for the average cost of rent. Although most Canadian cities saw increased rental supply, it was not enough to keep pace with increased demand pressures, read a press release from the CMHC on Wednesday. Renters are forced to compete against one another more aggressively when the vacancy rate is so low, which allows landlords to increase prices with less resistance. Canadians are paying new highs on rental units for six consecutive months, with the average asking price being over $2,178 per month in October. The upward trend has saw a 9.9% year-over-year increase. Record-high mortgage rates have made the possibility of home ownership far out of reach for many Canadians who are stuck dealing with a volatile rental market. In 2023, Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, and Edmonton all reported significantly lower vacancy rates. Vacancy rates held steady in Vancouver and Ottawa. These markets remain tight as this stability follows significant declines in 2022, reads the study. Vancouver remains the tightest rental market in Canada, with the vacancy rate in steep decline in Calgary and Edmonton, not far behind, now below 3%. So, Cosman, it looks like Canadians are not getting any break whatsoever when it comes to being able to house themselves. Now, as the CMHC has recorded, uh, finding a rental property to live in is getting harder and harder, and the prices are just going up for Canadians. And it seems as if this is a continual uh, story where Canada fails to build enough uh, units for rental and for people to buy. Uh, whether they be condos, uh, townhouses, uh, single detached homes, uh, you name it. Uh, Canada Canadians are not building enough of these homes in order to satiate the supply. So do you believe that this is a trend that will continue? And what should renters uh, expect going forward? Well, here's the big problem, right? People can't afford to buy a house. And at the same time, while they're being forced to remain in the rental market, there are no rental properties available at a reasonable price. So 
that's a situation that is going to force potentially people into homelessness if they don't have any backup option. I mean, they can't buy a house and they can't rent because there's nothing available. Where are they going to live? And our government has taken the misguided decision to ramp up immigration levels to an unsustainable amount at a time when people just can't find places to live. And this report actually acknowledged immigration levels uh, has caused to the rental market. I'm just going to read a little bit from it here. They they state net immigration to Canada has trended sharply higher since 2020, reaching new highs and providing a strong push to rental demand in the three largest cities of Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. And it's a, it's particularly bad in in these urban areas because most immigrants when they arrive to Canada settle in major metropolitan areas like Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. They're not moving, you know, to Barrie, Ontario. They're not moving to uh, Hope, British Columbia. They're staying in the city, and rent is already, like, incredibly high. It's unaffordable for most people. So what has the government done? Well, not much, because things aren't getting better. And just the other day... uh, they announced a, I think it was about a third of a billion dollars in funding to find refugees housing. So there, it's a total disaster. There, the the solutions they're proposing to fix this uh, just simply don't work. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ontario's medical regulator has dropped its misconduct prosecution of a doctor it previously claimed made misleading, incorrect, or inflammatory statements about vaccinations, treatments, and public health measures for COVID-19. The College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario has withdrawn its allegations against Dr. Jean-Marc Benoit. He was accused of failing to meet the standard of practice of the profession, failing to respond in a timely manner to a written inquiry from the college and engaging in an act or a mission that could reasonably be regarded by members as disgraceful, dishonorable, or unprofessional. The hearing was scheduled to begin Monday and last more than five days, but it concluded shortly into the first day when when Benoit pleaded no contest to failing to respond to CPSO communication the college formally withdrew the rest of the allegations. According to the Democracy Fund, a civil liberties charity that funded Benoit's legal representation, Benoit criticized the prevailing belief in 2021 that everyone had to receive the COVID-19 vaccine, regardless of factors like natural immunity, personal risk profiles, and the fact that the shots did not stop the transmission of infection. Benoit's lawyer, Lisa Bildi of Libertas Law, lauded Benoit's courage for speaking up. Few were willing to risk the severe financial and professional consequences of speaking up, which led to an illusion of consensus, said Bildi. 
Noah, it seems like almost every other day we are seeing people, especially professionals, vindicated. These professionals who spoke out against things like lockdowns, you know, barring the unvaccinated from going to travel or going to restaurants, all of these things were proven wrong. But it's unfortunate that it takes such extreme legal measures and having to get lawyers involved to get this vindication. Will we ever see these colleges, like the you know College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, admit that they were wrong and finally drop some of these charges that are still ongoing against other medical professionals who spoke out? I wouldn't go as far as to say that the professional colleges will just drop these charges against the charges against say doctors or others who have spoken out against uh, COVID nineteen lockdowns and such. Uh, I believe that it would be a compro- it would compromise their integrity and uh, their the integrity of these professional colleges is uh, one of the most important things for them to have in order to uh, keep their legitimacy uh, and you know keep their um, reason for being. Uh, however, I would say that uh, it is encouraging that we are starting to see uh, a bit more uh, vindication of people that have spoken out against lockdowns, that has uh, spoken out against mandatory vaccination. Uh, I mean, you know, these are radical policies that no Canadian thought that we would have to undergo uh, just in 2019. And in 2021, we were in the thick of, you know, calling people racist uh, bigots for not getting their uh, third vaccine dose or uh, not wearing a mask around, you know, their kids or something like that. You know, so absurdity uh, and and, the, and just the lack of self-awareness that many Canadians uh, showed themselves to have, not just Canadians, but people all around the world, uh, is, is coming to light. Um, and now, you know, as uh, we saw with the Freedom Convoy, a federal court ruled uh, that the invocation of the Emergencies Act was unjustified. Uh, and we're starting to see more and more uh, cases trickle out of uh, people, uh, you know, not getting, uh, not having to pay their COVID tickets, for example, for, you know, uh, curfews that might have been in Quebec or whatnot. Um, we, are, we are starting to see people uh, be vindicated. And that is uh, hope, that is uh, very hopeful uh, for the future. However, it needs to be uh, made clear that uh, the lockdown measures, that the mandatory vaccine measures, and the persecution of those who spoke against it uh, is unjust. And it cannot be tolerated uh, in the future for any future pandemic. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Also, please keep an eye out for The Andrew Lawton Show and Ratioed with Harrison Faulkner later today. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.